This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman's strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, after Captain Donovan of the Metropolis Detective Bureau has been found unconscious with a strange orange mark on his forehead, Inspector Henderson relays further amazing information to Clark Kent, who is Superman. Ah, this is screwy, Kent. Absolutely screwy. What now, Inspector? We've just had a report that three more people have been found unconscious. And get this. Yes? Each one of them has a round orange mark on his forehead, just like Captain Donovan's. You know, boys and girls, the other day I dropped into a movie and saw a newsreel shot of warships on maneuvers, laying down a smokescreen. They were steaming along in a column, just as pretty as you please, when all of a sudden their smokestacks started spouting billows of thick black smoke. And before you knew it, they turned into that screen and disappeared completely from view. Being out of sight made them all the more dangerous and harder to find. While I was watching that, I suddenly had a thought. And it occurred to me that we've really got to be on the lookout for any enemy that fights us from behind a smokescreen. Like, for instance, the smokescreen of prejudice, which binds us so we can't tell friend from foe. So when you hear somebody tell you that one person is better than another, just because of his race or religion or where his family came from originally, watch out. That's part of the smokescreen of prejudice. A smokescreen manufactured out of lies, deliberately designed to confuse and divide us. Now, gang, during the war, our Navy found a method for fighting smokescreen tactics. And that method was radar. No matter how black the smoke, how thick the screen, radar could always tell our men just where the enemy stood. In the fight against prejudice, we've got a powerful weapon to help us there, too. And that weapon is called reason. For with the help of reason, we can see through the heaviest lies. Remember, boys and girls, that when you're aimed with reason, you can always see the truth. Wow. 
And now, the adventures of Superman! When Superman and Batman found Captain Donovan of the Metropolis Detective Bureau unconscious in a hotel room, they were puzzled to discover a round orange mark about the size of a quarter on his forehead. Then, after Donovan was revived, he explained that he had bailed a confidence man known as the Count to the hotel room and had found there a parcel containing a dozen huge diamonds, each the size of a hen's egg. But almost at once, Donovan had suffered a strange weakness, during which time the Count had escaped from the room with the diamonds. Just then, police headquarters reported that three more people had been found unconscious, and on the forehead of each one was a peculiar orange mark similar to Captain Donovan's. As we continue now, Clark Kent, who is Superman, is with Inspector Henderson at the home of Charles Patton, the millionaire banker. In the downstairs library of the mansion, Kent and Henderson are questioning Dr. Hale, who is Mr. Patton's personal physician. Uh, tell me, Dr. Hale, who reported finding Mr. and Mrs. Patton and the butler? Their chauffeur did, Inspector. When I arrived and saw those strange orange burns on their forehead, I immediately called the police, of course. Of course. Did you say burns, Doctor? I think that's what they are, Mr. King. You think? Well, they seem to be burns, Inspector. But frankly, I can't be positive. I've never seen anything like them before. Mm. Tell me, uh, who else was here when you arrived, Doctor? The chauffeur and the cook. Nobody else? No, sir. Were there any marks on the Pattons or the butler to indicate that they'd been slugged maybe? No or... marks at all, Inspector. Except those circular orange spots on their forehead. Mm-hmm. I can't understand what caused them to lose consciousness in the first place and why they're still so weak. They can't lift a finger. Are they able to talk, Doctor? Mr. Patton is. Did he tell you anything? Only that he couldn't account for what had happened. Hmm. Well, may we see him, Doctor? Yes. His room's on the next floor at the head of the stairs. Please try not to tire him too much, though. He's very weak. Okay, okay. Come on, Kent. <laughs> visitor just before you and your wife had these attacks, Mr. Patton? That's right, Inspector. A Mr. Mitchell. He said he was a dealer in diamonds. Diamonds? Yes, Mr. Kent. He phoned me saying he knew I collected rare gems and wondered if I'd be interested in purchasing a most unusual diamond. I see. I asked him where I could see it and he said he'd bring it over. That was when? Early this evening. Uh Uh-huh. Well, he arrived within half an hour. Now, I must say, gentlemen, he hadn't exaggerated when he said he had a most unusual diamond. Uh Oh? Mrs. Patton, I've seen many fine stones. As a matter of fact, we own the famous Marshwell diamonds, you know, but this one took our breath away. What was it like, Mr. Patton? Well, it must have weighed several hundred carats. What? Yes, yes, Inspector. It was large as a hen's egg. While it hadn't been polished much, it was still so brilliant, the fire engine, you know, that it dazzled you. We've never seen anything like it. Well, I'll be... Sorry, Mr. Patton. Was there by any chance some some ore-like stuff clinging to it? Oh, what's the difference, Kent? Why, yes, yes, there was. I thought so. That was one of the Count's diamonds, Inspector. The Count's diamonds? Yes. Mr. Patton, what did this fellow Mitchell look like? Well, he, uh, was rather plump, about 40, I'd say, almost bald. That wasn't the Count. Then it was someone else peddling the Count's diamonds. What makes you so sure of that, Kent? Because Mr. Patton's description of the diamonds tallies exactly with Captain Donovan's. Size, lack of polish, brilliant inner fire, and the unusual ore-like substance clinging to it. Okay, okay. So what if it was one of the Count's diamonds? Well, don't you... Uh, uh, Gentlemen, what are you talking about? You'll see in a moment, Mr. Patton. Please tell us now what happened after Mitchell showed you the diamond. Well, Mrs. Patton and I were fascinated by the stone. I asked Mr. Mitchell what its price was, and he astonished me when he said only $100,000. Oh, we're wasting time. Listen. Mr. Patton, please, please, Inspector, Um, let him finish. I, uh... Became suspicious then, because a diamond like that's worth at least a couple of million. So I questioned Mitchell about where he got the stuff. Look, 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 all this isn't getting us any place. Oh, yes, it is. Go on, Mr. Patton, please. I, uh, I'd signaled Graham, my butler, to come in, and when I had the chance, I whispered to him to telephone the police. I see. 
I guess Mitchell realized something was amiss because he picked up the diamond at once, put it into a box, and said he had to go. I tried to detain him, but he wouldn't wait. Uh And just as he left the room, my wife and I noticed him. What? You noticed what? I noticed a round orange mark about the size of a quarter coming out on her forehead. And she noticed the same thing on mine. Uh Aha! That convinces me. This fence, uh, Mitchell, did he do anything to you? Touch you or... Oh, no, 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 Inspector. Not a thing. I see. Then what happened? My wife and I began feeling terribly weak. Stand up. I tried to call for help, but I couldn't. Then I, I, I guess I fainted because I don't remember anymore until I woke up a few minutes ago in my bedroom here with Dr. Hale attending. Mm, the same way it was with Donovan, Kent. That's right, Inspector. Uh, this, it, it doesn't make sense. I can't understand it. I think I can, Inspector. Yeah? Well, let's hear it, Kent. Come downstairs with me and I'll tell you. <laughs> Kent, all right, let's have it. What's the answer to these orange burns and dizzy spells? The Count's diamonds, Inspector. The Count's diamonds? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? The diamonds cause anyone who handles them or even comes very close to them to become completely helpless and then lose consciousness. And they're responsible for those strange orange marks on the victim's forehead. <laughs> Are you kidding? Not at all. I suppose I... they cast an evil spell, huh? Oh. Like the diamond in a Hindu idol's eye in a corny mystery story. Now, look, Inspector, I'm serious. Yeah, I'm... yeah, you're a serious metal case if you believe anything like that. But look, the, uh, whole... the diamonds did it. Of all I'm sure they did. Now, I, I'll admit I don't know how yet. What the power is that they have... You'll admit that, huh? Well, tell me this, Nature Boy. If handling the diamonds or just being near them knocks you cold, how come the guy who brought the rock to the patents this evening, Mitchell, wasn't knocked out? Well... Or how about the count? He was in the hotel room when Donovan passed yeah, out. I know, I But know. he just picked up his marbles and walked out, like Mitchell did. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. You haven't I... been thinking, brother. You've been dreaming. And what a dream. Wait a minute. What the... Dreaming, huh? Well, suppose I told you I could prove it with the diamonds. Then I'd take off my badge and pin it on you. Well, take off your badge, Inspector, because I'm going to prove it right now. Come on, follow me. Followed by the scoffing Inspector Henderson, Clark Kent swiftly crosses the library. How is he going to prove his incredible statement? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Superman and his guy, reporter Clark Kent, has led Police Inspector Henderson through the Patton Library into a walled garden. At the edge of the dark lawn, near a gate in the wall, Kent points to the motionless figure of a man who lies face up on the grass. Inspector, turn your flashlight over here. No, 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 there. Look, what the... Baldy Critchell. Critchell, alias Mitchell LaFence, the man who came here with one of the Count's diamonds this evening. Uh-huh. Let's, uh, let's see what happened to him. Maybe... I can tell you, Inspector. Just a minute, just a minute. Hmm. He's alive. Yes. Look at his forehead. Yes, I've been waiting for you to notice that. A round orange mark. The same mark that's on Captain Donovan's forehead and on Mr. and Mrs. Patton and their brothers. Yes. Yeah. Now are you willing to buy my theory that the Count's diamonds are responsible? Oh, no, no, I can't. It's, it's too ridiculous, Kent. Well, maybe, but it's true. The diamond struck Critchell down just as it did the others. Oh, it's impossible. I tell you, it's... Inspector, it said... What's the matter? I don't know. I, I feel kind of queer. Wait, great Scott. Huh? There, there's an orange circle forming on your forehead. What? Yes. The, the diamond is getting you, too. Here, get back in the house, Inspector. Come on before it's too late. Seizing Inspector Henderson, who is reeling really Clark Kent drags him across the dark garden and into the patent library as the dread orange circle is forming on the inspector's forehead. Are the Count's diamonds responsible for the strange disasters as Kent claims? How could it be possible? 
And if Kent is right, who will be stricken next? There's an even stranger development and an amazing surprise in tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls. So be sure to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 8 of The Secret of Meteor Island on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serials soon to be shown at your local movie theater. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, aha. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman, in his guise of Clark Kent, is with Police Inspector Henderson when the unseen menace strikes again. Great Scott, Inspector... It's happening to you now. Huh? What do you mean, Jet? The mysterious orange circle. It, it's taking shape on your forehead. Gang, did you know that there is a giant eye which gazes up into the heavens and sees there, who knows, maybe the secret of life itself? Yes, that's right. This giant eye is the new Hale Telescope, largest on Earth. It was designed and built to enable man to peer into the heavens and there see and examine the most distant parts of the universe. Like all other wonderful things, it didn't happen fast. It took 13 years to make this miraculous telescope whose reflecting mirror, 200 inches wide, is a scientific and engineering achievement. Now, this window to the stars may one day show us the outposts of time and space, the mysteries of the world and man. Planets and suns that we know nothing about may soon become known and understood by all of us. Yes, we know we live in a universe whose boundaries go even beyond our imagination, and now this new telescope may bring us closer to those boundaries for the ultimate benefit of all mankind. Now... Think for a second, gang. Can you see 
how, against this majestic and awesome background of time and space, the bickering and squabbling of people and nations becomes not only stupid but ridiculous. For one look through the Hale telescope shows us very clearly that we are only one tiny part of a great universe, and our troubles and hatreds thereupon become so unimportant by comparison that we should be laughed at for making so much of them. So, instead of spending our energies, our very lives, making wars and fighting our neighbors, let's all try to spend our energies finding out more about the fascinating world we live in and how we can do a better job of living in it. Don't you think so? And now, the adventures of Superman! A strange unknown menace which first marks its victims with an orange circle on the forehead and then causes them to lose consciousness has struck out of the dark at a metropolis police detective captain, a millionaire banker, his wife and their butler, and finally a criminal dealer in stolen property. Superman, who masquerades as reporter Clark Kent, is convinced that certain large and unusual diamonds, which were smuggled into Metropolis by an ex-convict called the Count, are responsible for the mysterious melody. In Banker Patton's dark garden, Kent was explaining his theory to Police Inspector Henderson when Henderson suddenly complained of feeling dizzy. Kent looked at him, then cried out, Great Scott, Inspector! An orange circle is coming out on your forehead! Seizing the dazed Henderson, Kent dragged him into the library of Banker Patton's home. Now, a few minutes later, Henderson sits up on the couch where Kent had placed him and looks around. Feeling better now, Inspector? Yeah. yeah I guess so, Kent. What happened? I must have gotten your way in time. The orange circle is gone from your forehead. From my forehead? So an orange circle starting to take shape on your forehead and realize you were coming under the power of the Count's diamond, so I grabbed you and dragged you into the house. Now, wait, Kent. I... just in time. Wait, I said. What diamond are you talking about? The one that Baldy Critchell, the fence, tried to sell to Mr. Patton this evening. It was in Critchell's pocket when we found him in the garden. Yeah, but what makes you think the diamond has anything to do with what happened? Well, I'm sure it did. Ah, nonsense. There's something screwy going on, and I think Critchell knows the answer. I want to have a talk with him. Uh-uh. No can do, Inspector. What? Don't tell me you let him get away, Kent. No, he couldn't get away. He was unconscious. Well, then where is he? Upstairs in a bedroom where Dr. Hale is trying to bring him to. Oh. He's having a tough time. Seems as if Critchell had the diamond on him for a long time and it had a chance to work on him, but good. Will you stop with that nonsense? Who ever heard of a diamond making people lose consciousness and making orange circles appear on their forehead? Well, I realize it sounds fantastic, Fantastic? But... It's ridiculous. Cockeyed. Oh, look. Uh, I thought you had more sense, Kent. Oh. Then what caused you to get the mark on your forehead and start to pass out in the garden just a few minutes ago? Well, I don't know. Well, I do know. It was a diamond in Critchell's pocket. You were within a few inches of it. And you were too, wise guy. Huh? So, if it was the diamond, why didn't you pass out too and get the mark on your forehead? Oh, well, uh... I, I, uh... No, no, you can't answer that, can you? Well, it just... Oh, there goes your theory out of the window. Not at all. It just happens that I'm... Uh, well, I'm Im- 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 immune to a lot of things. Ah, baloney. I still think Critchell can give us the answer to what's going on. Come on. We'll go upstairs and see if the doc brought him to you. How about uh, Critchell, Dr. Hale? Can he talk yet? No, Inspector. He's in a very critical condition. Uh-oh. What's wrong with him? Well, frankly, I don't know. You don't? No, I've never seen anything like this before. Look, Doctor, that uh, that orange circle on Critchell's forehead, any uh, ideas about that? Well, at first I thought it was a burn, but now I'm not so sure. Mm. Uh, tell me, uh, do you think Critchell will pull through? I can't say, Inspector. I think he should be removed to a hospital where they'll be better able to diagnose his ailment. Okay, okay, send him to the Metropolis Hospital. Very well, I'll report to you later. <laughs> Well, this is a fine kettle of fish, Kent. I was hoping Baldy Critchell could give us the answer to all this screwy stuff. I don't think he knows, Inspector. He must. There was nothing wrong with Mr. and Mrs. Patton and their butler until he showed up. 
so I figure he did something to them. But Mr. Patton says Critchell did not touch them. Well, he, uh, he might have used a... Uh, yes. Oh, fine, fine. Would he have used it on himself, too? Mm, no, no, but he might have been caught by the stuff. Oh. But you know. Do you believe the Count used the secret gas, too, and without Donovan being aware of it? Well, it doesn't seem very likely, oh, but... Likely. It's silly and you know it. Okay, okay, wise guy. What is the answer, then? The diamonds, of course. They may give off some sort of ray. Now, I look, Kent... Don't start that nonsense it's again. It's the only possible explanation, and I can prove it. Oh, yeah? Yes. How? I've got the diamond Critchell had right here in my pocket. Hey! Oh, don't jump, Inspector. It's safely wrapped up in lead foil now. Oh. We'll take it up to Dr. Millicent, the famous scientist, you know, and have him look it over. And if I'm wrong, I... I... Well, I'll eat the diamond. You've got yourself a bed, Kent. Let's go. <laughs> Keep back behind this shield, Inspector. Mm-hmm. If Kent is right and the diamond does contain some dangerous agent, we'll be safe here. Uh, I'm convinced Kent is dead wrong, Dr. Millicent. And I'm just as convinced I'm right. Well, I'm inclined to side with Inspector Henderson, but mm. uh, we'll soon find out. Now, uh, keep your eyes on those two coils on either side of the diamond. I'm going to turn on the current now. Well, I don't see anything happening. Well, the coils have to heat up first. Oh. Yeah. That's a most amazing diamond. What interests me are those fragments of stone or metal clinging to it. I, I've never seen anything like it. No, neither have I. Uh, but it's crazy Look. to think it. It's those flashes jumping out of the diamond. Great Caesar. Why, that means there is some active agent in the diamond. There is? I knew it, I knew it. The magnetic coils have attracted it and set up a contact, you see? Why, this is amazing. Well, well, what, what is the uh, uh, agent in the diamond, Dr. Millicent? Well, I don't know, Ken, but I... Great heavens! What? what is it, Dr. Millicent? You gentlemen hear that clicking sound? Yes. Well, what about it? That's a Geiger counter. A Geiger counter? Doctor, do you mean... I mean that diamond is radioactive, Ken. Radioactive? Yes, highly and very dangerously radioactive. Well, I'll break it. Scott, this is serious. There are several other diamonds like this somewhere in Metropolis. What? Say, that's right, Kent. We've got to find the count and those diamonds in a hurry, Inspector. Because anyone who comes near them is in danger of losing his life. Deadly dangerous radioactive diamonds. Somewhere in Metropolis to peril innocent people. This sounds like a job for Superman. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. As Clark Kent and Inspector Henderson in Dr. Millicent's laboratory were making their amazing discovery about the radioactive diamonds, Jimmy Olsen, cub reporter for the Daily Planet, and Beanie Martin, chief copy boy, had just left the bus and were approaching the Metropolis Hospital. This works out right, Beanie. I'll have a scoop for page one. Mark, what? What's Raymond, Jim? You can't scoop Mr. Kent and Miss Lane. Who said I can? Do they know Baldy Critchell, the fence was gone unconscious at that millionaire's house, the patents tonight? Well, maybe not. I know but... maybe about it. They couldn't know. Because they weren't at the office tonight when the flash came over the teletype. I know, And but... they weren't at the patent's house either when we got there. And I wormed it out of a cop that Critchell had been taken to the Metropolis Hospital. Well, you call that a scoop? Just finding out that Baldy Critchell's at the hospital? Of course not. But I'm the only reporter in town who knows where he is. I'm going to try to see him and find out what happened at the Patton House when they all passed out. That'll be a real scoop, Beanie. Well, yeah, if you find out. But, hey, what's the matter with him? Who? That guy coming across the street. See? Look how he's walking. He must be hurt. Or or drunk, maybe. Oh, yeah. Well, we better help him. He might get hit by a car or... No, I got a car to ride. You know who that is? No, to you. Yeah, that's the count. The guy who smuggled all those diamonds into Metropolis and almost got me killed by those gangsters when he slipped me the dummy package. Golly, are, are you sure that's him? I know it is. 
And that package he's carrying may have the smuggled diamonds in it. Come on, Dean. Where are you going? I'm going to grab that guy and call the police. Hurry up. Well, but don't go down. He's a smuggler. Well, maybe we'd better call the police first. And let him get away? Nothing doing. Come on, Beanie. I'm really going to make page one now. Eagerly, Jimmy Olsen and Beanie Martin hurry toward the staggering figure of the man called the Count. Unaware that they are stepping into deadly danger. For the package the Count carries does contain the smuggled diamonds, which, as we know, are highly radioactive. A menace to the life of anyone who comes near What will happen to Jimmy and Beanie? There's a sharp surprise and a thrill a minute in tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls. So be sure to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 9 of The Secret of Meteor Island on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman adventure serial soon to be shown at your local movie theater. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. It's Superman. Superman's strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, which is a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, urged by Superman, Mayor Perry White takes to the radio to warn the great city of Metropolis that it is in peril. All citizens of Metropolis are warned to beware of several huge diamonds which have been smuggled into the city. These diamonds, each the size of a hen's egg, are highly radioactive. Contact with them may result in death. Anyone having knowledge of these diamonds should immediately contact the police department or the mayor's office. Gang, supposing you were walking down the street one day, loaded down with a dollar that you'd earned, and suddenly a stranger comes up to you, gives you the glad hand, and makes a proposition. For one dollar, one small dollar, the tenth part of ten dollars, he says, I'll sell you this beautiful box I have in my hand. You look, you see it's big, interesting-looking box, nicely wrapped up in red, white, and blue trimming. The only hitch is you can't see what's inside. Now, honestly, would you give that guy your hard-earned buck for a fancy package that contains you don't know what? Well, you'd need your head examined if you did, because only a sucker would buy a package without opening it up and seeing what's inside first. Now, ideas are pretty much like packages, and people are always trying to sell you ideas, which all too often are wrapped up in such fancy trimmings you can't see what you're buying. Also, more often than not, their favorite colors are red, white, blue. Well, don't be fooled, gang. Be smart enough to examine each idea for what it's worth. Inspect it carefully and evaluate it before you accept it. For you know that no matter how beautifully an idea is wrapped up in patriotic lingo, it isn't patriotic, it isn't American, if it's designed to make you think one man is better than another because of his race, religion, or where his people came from. It isn't American if you stop a man from speaking his mind just because you don't happen to agree with him. So always take a good look at the inside of an idea, boys and girls. See what it really means 
what it's worth in believing in. Then, buy it. And now, the adventures of Superman. Soon after, an ex-convict known as the Count smuggled several huge and unusual diamonds into Metropolis. Five persons suffered a strange fate. A detective captain, a dealer in stolen property, then a banker, his wife, and their butler all collapsed. And a peculiar orange circle appeared on their foreheads, following contact with the diamonds. Superman secured one of the gems and took it to Dr. Millicent, the famous scientist, who discovered that the large and unusual stone was dangerously radioactive. As Superman and the police began a frantic search for the Count and his deadly diamonds, Jimmy Olsen, cub reporter for the Daily Planet, and his friend Beanie Martin, chief copy boy, were approaching the Metropolis Hospital, where one of the diamond victims had been taken. Suddenly, on a dark street near the hospital, Jimmy saw the Count, staggering drunkenly just ahead of them. As we continue now, the two youngsters have hurried forward and seized the arms of the staggering criminal. Uh, I've got him, Beanie. You get a policeman. Help. Oh, I don't see any, Jim. Oh, fine. Help me. Help me, please. Sure. We'll help lock you up. That's uh, what, Mr. Smuggler. Hurry up, Beanie. Get me to a hospital. I'm, I'm dying. Gee, where? Beanie, for Pete's sake, what are you standing uh, there for? Get the car. My gosh, didn't you hear what he said, Jim? He said he was dying. Dying. Help me, please. Hey, he does seem uh, sick. Sure, yes. Yeah. Look, Jim. That big orange circle on his forehead. Gee, what uh, is that, I wonder? Please, take me to a hospital. He's falling, Jim. Uh, I've got him. He passed out. I'll give you a hand. We'll carry him to the hospital. Okay. Hey, wait. Where's that package he had? It must have smuggled diamonds in it. Well, I don't know. Oh, it's back there on the sidewalk. You must have dropped it. Well, get it. Hurry up. I'll pass. Never you mind, Aunt Matty. I'll take that package. Let go of that. I'll take him on stage. Come back here. Hey, what's happening, baby? That guy grabbed the body. Hey, come back here. Come back here. You're your Oh, Listen, listen. He shot at us. Oh, whoops. He hit the car. Holy smokes. He whipped Jim. What do we do? Beat it up to the hospital quick and get help, Amy. Then call Mr. Ken and the police. I'm going after that guy. Taxi. Taxi. As mayor of Metropolis, Chief, it's your duty to warn everyone in the city about those diamonds. Now, I suggest you make a radio broadcast. But radioactive diamonds? Why, I can't believe it, Ken. You can believe Dr. John Millicent, one of our top atomic scientists, can't you? Yes, of course. But well, he said the stone was highly radioactive. But that was only one diamond, Ken. And it's out of circulation now. No, There's no reason to alarm the whole city needlessly. You don't understand, Chief. There are at least 11 other just as dangerously radioactive diamonds in Metropolis. There, there are? Yes. I smuggled in about a dozen. The diamond I found on Baldy Critchell, the fence, is just one of that lot. Now, wait. Who said it was? Oh, what's the difference, Chief? Baldy Critchell was seen leaving the council hotel room just before Captain Donovan of the detective bureau got there. And the stone I found on Critchell is exactly like the one Donovan saw in the council room. So the count must have sold it to Critchell. Now, wait a minute, Kent. Wait a minute. If the Count's diamonds are so radioactive, how come he and everybody else on the boat he smuggled them in on weren't killed? Because the stones were coated with some special ore-like or lead substance which prevented the release of the reactive rays. But the coating had cracked, undoubtedly, after the Count got off the boat. Cesare, it sounds fantastic. It's true. So let's not waste any more time. Until the Count and those 11 diamonds are taken out of circulation, anyone who comes near them is in danger of his life. Now, I suggest you make a radio broadcast to the whole city, warning everyone that if... Uh, just a minute, Kent. Hello. Mayor White speaking. Who? Oh, Vini, well, what do you want? Yes, he's here, but... What? What's that? What's the matter, Chief? Great Caesar's ghost, where are you now? I see, well... Uh, 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 wait a minute, I... Uh, wait, I said! Uh, now, listen, listen, uh, 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 Vini... Uh, oh, shucks, you stay right where you are, you understand? We'll be right out. Uh, that was Beanie Martin, and he and Jim ran into the council. Great Scott, where? Well, as near as I could make out from Beanie's excited jabber, they were outside the Metropolis Hospital. Somebody got shot, what? and Jim ran after somebody else. I couldn't make much out of it, but uh, I... Uh, uh, now, wait a minute, Ken. I'll, I'll check with you later, Chief. So long. 
of these clothes. <laughs> this is a job for Superman. Yeah. There we are. All set. Now, out to the Metropolis Hospital. Up, up, and away! <laughs> Look, Where did you come from? Never mind. What happened here? Well, well, Jim Olsen and I saw the count. That smuggled you know. Yes, I know. Go on. Well, he was trying to get to the hospital. There was something wrong with him. He could hardly walk, and there was a big orange circle on his forehead. So, his radioactive diamonds got him, too. Huh? Never mind. Go on, Dee. What happened? Well, Jim and I were going to carry him into the hospital, but before I could pick up a package he dropped, Jim said the smuggled diamonds must be in it. Yes. A car pulled up, and a guy jumped out and grabbed the package. Oh? Then he jumped back into the car. Another guy was driving, and as they pulled away, the first one leaned out and shot the count. What? Yeah. I was so scared, I didn't know what to do. But Jim said to rush up to the hospital and get help while he went after those guys. What? You mean Jim went after them alone? Uh-huh. In a taxi cab. Gosh, I hope he doesn't get in any trouble. Which way did they go? That way. Past the hospital. Now think carefully, Beanie. The man who shot the count and grabbed the diamonds. What did he look like? Well, he wasn't very big, and he had a thin, bony face. Yes? Oh, oh yeah, and reddish hair. Good boy. Now, what about his car? Did you notice the color or what make it was? No, everything happened so... Wait a minute. It was a small car, I think, and, and dark colored. All right, I'm going after them. You stay here to look Come, Beanie. Up, up, and away! There they go, turning back into the park. Don't lose them, driver. I see them. It's twice they've turned in and out of the park. They must be wise that we're trailing them. Only we'd see a squad car. Or a motorcycle cop. Yeah. I'm not too keen on getting close to those gunmen. Just trail them, so we know where they go. Then we'll get the police. Hey, they're stopping. Yeah. So are we, buddy. And we're not going up any closer. Why not? Well, I don't want to take no chance. Look. Them got... One of them's getting out of the car. It's the one who grabbed the diamonds and shot the count. Hey, the other one's driving off. Want to follow him? No. I'm going to trail the one who got out. He's the murderer, and he must have the diamonds in that box or whatever it is he's carrying. Here's a bill. Keep the change. Hey, 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 wait. You can't chase after that guy alone in this park. It's dark. I've got you... to. But you'll have to get killed. I'll be careful. I won't let him see me. Look, you find some cops and send them after me. So long. Leaving the taxi cab, Jimmy Olsen steps onto the park grass and runs through the darkness in the direction the red-headed man had taken. The cub reporter is running headlong into danger. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. <laughs> Pursuing the man who had shot the count and seized the smuggled diamond, Cub reporter Jimmy Olsen raced across an open stretch of park lawn. Now he has stopped before a dark, quiet lagoon, the blackish water gleaming in the light of a pale moon. On both sides of him are shadowy clumps of bushes, and the man he pursued is nowhere to be seen. I, I don't see him. Where'd he go? I'm right here, laddie. <laughs> You shouldn't have come after me, young fellow. Hey, are you crazy? Right now! Struggling frantically in the strong grasp of the red-headed man who had shot the count and made off with a smuggled diamond, Jimmy Olsen realizes he is being swiftly overpowered. Who is Jimmy's assailant? Why does he shoot the dying count and seize the radioactive diamond? And what will happen to the cub reporter as Superman searches for him vainly? Tomorrow tells all, gang. So don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode, whatever you do. Be sure to tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 10 of The Secret of Meteor Island on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman adventure serial soon to be shown at your local movie theater.
you're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman is unaware that Jimmy Olsen, while trailing a mysterious gunman through the park, is confused by the darkness and blunders into the arms of his quarry. You weren't smart to come off to me, laddie. Now you'll pay the price. But I'll have to get rid of you. Say, and do you remember what happened when Alice in Wonderland ate the cake marked Eat Me? Well, just in case you don't, I'll tell you. She shot up until she was seven feet tall. Then she drank some liquid marked poison. And bingo, she shrank till she was only three inches high. You probably laughed over that because you know people just don't grow that fast. And they certainly don't shrink like shirts in the wash. All the same... It's pretty wonderful when you think how fast we do grow. Maybe you've noticed, certainly your mom has noticed, how quickly you get too big for your suits or dresses or shoes. And you've probably heard family friends or relatives who haven't seen you for a couple of months say, goodness, how you've grown. Well, the fact is that everything alive grows. But haven't you noticed there's something special about the growth in humans? That's true, because most of us don't just grow in size, we grow in ideas. Our brains grow and develop along with our teeth, hands, and feet. And that's what we really mean by the phrase growing up. Actually, it means we grow wiser, more sensible. We learn to discard all the make-believe we swallowed as babies. You wouldn't expect a baby to know it's nonsense to say that one man is better than another because of his race or religion. But you would expect a grown-up to know that. Matter of fact, you'd expect anyone who is growing up to know that. So remember, when people fall for such ridiculous infantile ideas, they can be wearing a size 15 shoe. But inside their heads, they're like Alice in Wonderland after she drank that liquid marked poison. They're drinking. They've gone into reverse gear. They're growing down, not growing up. Don't let that happen to you. And now, the adventures of Superman. While Superman and the police searched for a man known only as the Count, who had smuggled deadly radioactive diamonds into the country... Cub reporter Jimmy Olsen and Beanie Martin of the Daily Planet accidentally spotted the wanted smuggler just as another man appeared, shot the count, and, snatching the package of lethal diamonds, escaped in a waiting car. Jimmy hailed a taxi cab and pursued the man who, when they reached the park, leaped from the car and ran through the dark. Forgetful of danger, the cub reporter raced after him, lost him, then blundered into the man's hand. Shortly afterwards, having learned from Beanie Martin of Jimmy's reckless pursuit, Clark Kent resumed his true identity of Superman and took to the air in search of his young friend. Ranging far above the vicinity of the hospital, Superman streaks in ever wider circles and is now hovering high above dark Metropolis Park, poised in curious flight. Still no sign of Jim. 
Oh, the red-headed man, Beanie, said he went after. Well, I look now. Oh, wait a minute. What's that down there in that lake? Quick, Scott. Down, down. It's Jim. Is he? Oh, he's alive. Thank heaven. I better get him to a hospital, but fast. What it? There we are. Now, up, up, and away! Well, Kent, good news, I hope. Yes, Mr. Anderson, Jim's going to be all right. Ah, uh, fine, Kent, fine, I'm glad. Now, uh, tell me again, what happened to him? Well, as I told you, the red-headed fellow he was chasing slugged him and threw him to the lagoon. I see. Fortunately, I... Uh, I mean, Superman arrived in time to save Jim, but the redhead got away, and, uh, uh, well, Superman hasn't been able to find him. Okay, don't worry about that, Ken. We'll have him soon, and the Count's diamonds, too. Really? What makes you so sure? Because, as you know, the diamonds are highly radioactive. So, in a little while, that fellow will start to feel weak and sick. Then he'll see the orange circle coming out on his forehead. But in when that happens, he'll make for a hospital with the doctor the way the Count is. They've all been alerted. And the moment he shows up, they'll call my office, see? <laughs> Simple, huh? Too simple. I'm afraid you're going to be disappointed, Inspector. What do you say that, Jim? Because Jim said this fellow had the diamonds in what appeared to be a lead box. A lead box? Yes, and the rays will penetrate lead. It won't? No. That means this fellow knew the diamonds were radioactive and was prepared to protect himself against them. So he isn't just an ordinary thief as we thought at first. Well, who in thunder is he then? I don't know. Ah, uh, Kent, this case is getting wackier by the minute. Radioactive diamonds. How do you make sense out of this mess? Well, I'm not sure, Inspector, but I've got a hunch. I don't want hunches, Kent. I want facts. Well, I know. And I want the cockney and the diamonds before disaster strikes this whole city. Well, look, uh, Inspector. Just a minute. Sergeant Daly speaking. Anything on the cockney yet, Hilly? Not yet, sir. Well, what's we the matter with you? We're the park, and we're double-checking with every doctor in hospital. Well, never mind that. Set roadblocks on every street and bridge leading out of the city. Yes, sir. And plant men at the airport, the railroad stations, and bus terminals. Put out a three-state alarm. We've got to get that plan. Get him fast. Right, Inspector. Well, that's that. Let's go, Kent. Where to? To the Metropolis Hospital. I said I want facts, and I think I know where to get them. Come on. Now, look, Doctor, don't tell me the Count is too sick to be questioned, because I've got to question him. His blasted diamonds have endangered the whole city, and unless we... Just a minute, Inspector. Huh? I'm sorry, but the Count is dead. What? Uh-oh. I'm sorry, we did all we could to save him. Oh. Hey, look, Inspector... Maybe Baldy Critchell knows something about him. Say, that's an idea, Kent. He worked with the Count. Uh-huh. Uh, what shape is he in, Doctor? His condition's rather critical, too, Inspector. Oh, now, but look. since the matter is so urgent... It's life and death for thousands of people. Under such circumstances, you may question him. Good. Come this way. You know, Critchell, for a guy who's supposed to be smart, you sure pulled a sucker play. Yeah. Like what, Inspector? Well, to begin with, you paid the Count a nice piece of money for a hot diamond, figuring to turn it over for a fat profit, which is good business in your line, I suppose. But you were played for a sucker by the Count, who didn't tell you the stone was radioactive. The stone was what? Radioactive. That means it gives off deadly rays of radioactivity. Go on. Are you kidding? Kidding? Yeah. Look, what do you think made that orange circle on your forehead and put you here in the hospital? Oh, what? I, I don't know. The doc won't tell me. I'm telling you. It was a diamond. And if the patents of the people you tried to sell it to die, you get a murder rap. The murder rap? Sure, if you live to go on trial, that is. Uh, I don't believe it. You're just trying to break me down to get me to talk. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Dr. Milton. Yes, Inspector. Uh, will you come in, please? 
Please and tell Critchell here what's the matter with him. Yes. Critchell, you are suffering from the effects of radioactivity. Holy smokes. Is that on the level? It is. Anything else, Inspector? That's all, and thanks, Doctor. You're quite welcome. Get the picture now, Baldy? The council threw a radioactive diamond that was hot two ways. Yeah. He told you nothing. Figuring that if the rays killed you, it was your hard luck, not his. See? Turning rat. Are you going to let him get away with it? What can I do? I may die. You can pay him back for the double cross by helping me to get the goods on him. What do you say? Yeah. Okay. What do you want me to do? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. In the Metropolis Hospital, Clark Kent and Inspector Henderson wait tensely as Baldy Critchell, criminal dealer in stolen property, prepares to tell all he knows about the late gem smuggler known as the Count. Go on, Critchell, start talking. Okay, Inspector. Here's the story. The Count calls me up a few days ago and says he just come in from the Far East. Where in the Far East, Critchell? Well, he didn't say, Mr. Kent. Oh? Uh-huh. But he come to my place and showed me these diamonds he had. About twelve there was. The likes of which I'd never seen before. Great big stones they was, the size of it. Was there anybody else with you at the time? Uh-uh. No, just me and the Count. Uh-huh. Go on. Well... The count says he wanted to unload the rocks fast on account of the guy he was agent for and wanted dough. Now, wait a minute. Yeah? Who was the agent for? Well, you wouldn't tell me that. Uh. But I know he's in the Far East somewhere on account of the count left that slip. Uh Uh-huh. Then what? Well, then the count said he'd sell the diamonds to me for 50 grand each. And when I says he could easily unload for twice that, he tells me he wants quick action on account of this guy he's working for. Had a lot of other diamonds he wanted to get rid of. What? He had others? Yeah, sure. Loads of them, the count said. See, they weren't going to come into the country as big as these first 12, though. And I kind of... Well, that would attract too much attention. You see, they were being cut small. So they could be distributed around nice and easy through fences all over the country. Great Scott, Inspector. That means the country is in danger of being flooded with radioactive diamonds. Now, take it easy, Kent. Look, Critchell. Yeah? Did the Count say these small diamonds were already in the country? Oh, no, no. But he said they would be very soon, Inspector. Did he tell you who was handling the deal on these small diamonds? Uh-uh. But he said he and me could come on some of that gravy, too. After we got rid of the big rock. Tell me, Critchell. Yeah? Did you ever see, or did the Count ever mention, a thin, bony-faced man with red hair who talks like a cockney? Uh, no. Are you sure? Sure, I'm sure. Why? Because whoever he is, he knew about the diamonds being radioactive and about the Count having them. So he's probably one of the Far East gang, Inspector. He may even be the distributor for the small stones. Yes, and we've got to find him, because until and unless we do, every person in the country will be in danger of his life. First, the city of Metropolis. Now the entire country is menaced by the strange radioactive diamonds, which Baldy Critchell said were destined to flow throughout the land. Superman and the famous Batman, Robin too, go into action to meet this threat Monday, fellows and girls, so be sure to be with us. Tune in, same time, same station, for another exciting episode of The Secret of Meteor Island on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. 
Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, in a desperate attempt to trace the radioactive diamonds, Superman calls on the famous Batman and Robin to undertake a dangerous job. I need your help, Batman. You too, Robin. Well, you know you can count on us, Superman. Amen to that. Thanks. Now, what's the plan? Yeah, let's hear it. Now, before I tell you any more, I feel it's my duty to warn you both that if you go into this, you'll probably be risking your lives every second. That's nothing for us, Superman. And check. In case you've forgotten, our middle name is danger. I thought you'd say that. All right, then. Get set now for a fast trip to the other side of the world. It's camping time, boys and girls, and I'm sure lots of you are getting ready to whip out to the country for two weeks or maybe even a whole summer of camping if you're lucky enough. Well, we're not going to tell you to pick your camp. You've probably got one all chosen already anyway. But we'd like to give you some suggestions about what makes a good camp and what makes a good camper. For one thing, a good camp encourages some competition, but not crazy competition. Oh, sure, it's swell to be the fastest swimmer in your bunk and the best basketball player in your division. But it's even better to be a team player, a boy or girl who's known to be cooperative, who's known to be able to work with others. Then when your group comes out on top, it's a higher tribute to you than if you came out on top. And so here's another tip. A good camp has sharp counselors, and the good camper is smart enough to admit that his counselor knows better than he does. Once that's settled, weeks of endless and unnecessary wrangling can come to an abrupt halt, and the real fun can begin. But you can't have fun if you and your counselors are towards edges. And finally, a good camp will take in boys of every race and religion who can meet the other qualifications that the camp sets. 
and a good camper will make friends and get along with all the boys and girls there who are on the level and really good joes. Well, gang, there you are. Some tips for happy camping days ahead. And now, the adventures of Superman! Twelve dangerously radioactive diamonds, each the size of a hen's egg, have been smuggled into Metropolis. And a convict called the Count who smuggled the diamonds into the city was himself overcome by their fatal rays. Then, before the police reached him, he was shot and killed by an unknown assailant identified simply as a red-headed cockney who escaped with the diamonds. As the police combed the city for the red-headed man and his deadly loot, Clark Kent, who is Superman, Inspector Henderson, learned from a dealer in stolen property that a great many more radioactive diamonds were to be smuggled from an unknown source into the United States through secret channels. As we continue now, Kent has just arrived at police headquarters, where he was ushered immediately into the office of Inspector Henderson. Oh, hello, Kent. Hello, Kent, Inspector. Yeah, only bad luck. Uh-oh. I've got every man on my staff working on this case. They haven't been able to find the red-headed Cockney, and neither has the FBI. Oh, too bad. But listen, Inspector. I'm worried, Kent. You know that Cockney's loot with 11 of those radioactive diamonds? Yeah, I know. But we can forget them for the moment. Forget them? When anyone who's exposed to those rocks is a dead pigeon? Are you kidding? No, it's the other diamonds that I'm concerned about. What are the diamonds? Smaller ones that the Count said were going to be smuggled into the country in large numbers. They'll undoubtedly be coated with a lead film like the big ones were to keep them harmless until the sell them. But when that coating cracks, people will be dropping like flies all over the country. That's right. We must find out where those stones come from. Okay, I'll buy that. Well, how do we do it? Well, the Count was an agent for the diamond people, so we might be able to trace them through him. Oh, fine. But just in case you've forgotten, Kent, the Count is dead. I know that, but there may be some clue to his principles, some... Some name or address or something somewhere in his possession. Don't you think I looked? Well, sure, sure. Would you mind if I had a look? Okay, come along and have a look. I went through those suits myself, Kent. Well, you won't find anything in the pocket. Oh, I'm sure I won't. You say so, Inspector. Well, then what are you wasting time for? Tell you there's nothing Wait, there. Inspector. What's this? What? Well, there's something behind the tailor's label in the lining of this jacket. Behind us. Say, are you out of your mind? No, it's a tiny, thin piece of paper. Too slight to feel or crackle. Here, wait, I'll tear off the label and show you. Now, look here. There. Hey, see? Here it is. Well, look, there's something written. Yeah. Yeah, but it's too small for me. Uh, what does it say? There are three initials and a word. K-I-L Shanghai. K-I-L Shanghai, uh-huh. huh? What does that mean? I don't know, yes. Shanghai is in the Far East, and the cop got the 12 diamonds in the Far East. Maybe there's a connection. Give me that, Kent. Yeah, sure, here you are. Thanks. I'll take it out to the lab and have the boys go over it. Good idea. Uh, tell me, Kent, how in thunder did you ever find this tiny slip of paper under the label? Oh, well, I, I, uh, I've got pretty sharp eyes. Now, don't tell me you saw it through that label. <laughs> well, you'd have to be Superman to do that. <laughs> Gosh, I never thought I'd have to fess up to being Superman. Go on, go on. You just had another one of your lucky hunches, and it paid off. Yeah, I guess so. Why, sure. Look. In case you want to know, Kent, yeah. that's why I let you hang around, see? Oh, thanks. Come on, we'll take this up to the lab. And I'll cable the initials to the police in Shanghai. It's a pretty thin clue, if it is a clue. I'm but... sure it is. And since every minute counts, I'm going to follow it my way. So long, Inspector. Out of the clothes. This is a job for Superman. With the help of Batman and Robin. There we are. All set. Now, out to their house. Up, up, and away! <laughs> Now, get this, Batman. You too, Robin. I'm listening. Shoot, Superman. I've got to stay here in Metropolis and find that red-headed Cockney. Because he has those 11 radioactive diamonds and everyone in the city is in danger until those stones are found and destroyed. 
Also, I believe he's a member of the Diamond Gang, so if I can find him... I get it. Redhead will lead you to the gang. Well, we'll help you find him. No, 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 Robin. I've got another idea for you and Batman. Well, I think I can guess it. You want us to go to Shanghai and investigate from that end. Right. You haven't much to go on, just the initials K-I-L. But they may be the initials of a big shot in the gang. Perhaps somebody to count with the contact. And may lead you to the source of the radioactive diamond. Could be. But how do we go about finding K-I-L? Well, we might put an ad in the Shanghai papers. K-I-L, important to contact me regarding stones. Or something like that, huh? Yeah, that's the idea. It just might pay off. Well, what are we waiting for? Come on, Batman. We'll pack a toothbrush and roll out the bat plane. Okay, Robin, let's go. Oh, wait, fellas. Wait, every minute counts, so... How about me sipping you up to Shanghai via the Superman Express? Hey, my dear. Wonderful. Uh, which seat do you want, Batman? Under Superman's left or right arm? <laughs> you take your choice. Up with this window. All right, now hang on, you two. I'll you in Shanghai and then hop back to Metropolis in a few shakes. All set? Superman loading to Shanghai at window six. <laughs> Let her rip, Trump. Here we go. Up, up, and away! Leaping through the window of Batman and Robin's house with a dynamic duo in his arms. Superman soars high into the air, then flashes away across the continent like a red and blue meteor bound for distant Shanghai. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. It is late the following evening in Shanghai, and in their guises of Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, we find Batman and Robin in a room of the King George Hotel in the International Settlement. Oh, why doesn't something happen, Bruce? Take it easy, Dick. The night is young. Oh, sure. But our personal ad addressed to Mr. K.I.L. was in all the morning papers. And the evening ones, too. I expected Mr. K.I.L. to... Hey, have you noticed that those initials spell kill? A lovely thought. Anything else in your mind? Mm, yes. I thought Mr. Kill would be on the doorstep hours ago, panning to hear us give out about the count and his diamonds. Frankly, so did I. But it's just possible that we're barking up the wrong tree. Oh, elucidate. Well, Robin, that slip of paper Superman found in the Count's coat may mean nothing so far as this case is concerned. The initials may not even be those of a man. Oh, aren't we jolly tonight? Well, it could be. Let's perish this thought. I didn't come all the way out. Hold it, Dick. That's the phone. Uh-oh. Maybe it's K-I-L. I'll take it. No, no, no. Let me. Oh, I'll hold the receiver a little away from your ear so I can hear it, too. Okay. Quiet now. Hello? Wait. Yes, this is Wayne. Who's calling, please? This is K-I-L. Uh-huh. Yes? I believe you have some important information. Correct. And how, uh, Yes, I have. About the Count and the, uh, uh, you know. I understand. Uh, you are a friend of the Count. Well, let's, let's say he and I are in business together. That's fine. Something's happened and... Well, I've got to talk to you as soon as possible. Now, where and when can I see you? Listen, closely and I'll tell you. Outside your hotel, you will find several rickshaws waiting. On the seat of one of them, you will see a single yellow row. Take that rickshaw. Driver will bring you to me. I see. Well, uh, just where are you? That you will discover when you arrive, Mr. Wayne. Uh oh. You will come alone, of course, except for your young companion. Well, how did you know? Uh, how did I know you had a companion with you? Well, I was going to ask that, but I can guess. You looked this over before you phoned. Perhaps. You will leave at once, please. Any delay will cancel our arrangement. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, what do we do? Find the rickshaw with the yellow rose, of course, and climb in. But, but it may be a trap, Bruce. It may indeed, Sonny Boy. But we've got to take a chance if we're going to get on the trail of those radioactive diamonds. Now, let's go. Fully realizing that they may be walking into a trap, Batman and Robin leave their hotel room to follow the directions of the mysterious K.I.L. Who is this man? Is he aware that Batman and Robin, in their guises of Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, are on the side of the law? And is he leading them into danger? We'll find out in tomorrow's thrilling episode. So be sure to listen.
Tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 12 of The Secret of Meteor Island on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comic Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial soon to be shown at your local movie theater. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, aha! Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! With an exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, in an effort to help Superman track down the origin of the radioactive diamond, Batman and Robin are in a rickshaw, being pulled through a dark street in Shanghai, China, when Batman senses danger. Robin, watch up, Batman. Don't look now, but there's a rickshaw right behind us with two very ugly customers in it. Mm, how interesting. So what? Now, don't be flipped. They've been following us ever since we left the hotel. Uh-oh, are you sure? I'm positive. What? Or something tells me we're headed for trouble. So set. So he said, so she said, so they said, so we said, yattata, yattata, yat. Some people keep talking. They never stop talking. People like that should be stopped. The things that they say never come to an end. They don't stop for breath or for thought. They'll repeat just like records again and again the tidbits of gossip they've caught. They never will think, is it true what I say? Is it something I ought to repeat? Instead, they'll just giggle and whisper to you, have you heard? Johnny Jones is a cheat. These jerks pick up everything nasty they hear. They never say somebody's swell. But, brother, if once you do anything wrong, you can bank on it. These guys will tell. They come up with some of the strangest remarks. They must have the brains of a pigeon. You should hear the ridiculous things that they say about other folks' race or religion. They know that the way that we worship our God doesn't make any difference down deep. That a regular Joe is a regular Joe. And a creep, well, he's still just a creep. But never stop jokes from babbling on. The truth might not have as much zip. 
They'd much rather sell you some nice, juicy lies. Stay away from this bunch. Take our tip. For you can be sure as can possibly be that your name is somewhere on their list. That they've got gossip to tell about you. There's no chance you're going to be missed. So never be sucker enough to believe the gossip of yatter to yatters. They never know anything you'll want to hear. And believe me, nothing they say, after all, really matters. And now, the adventures of Superman. Discovering a clue which led him to believe that Shanghai, China is the source of the deadly radioactive diamonds that threaten American lives. Superman carried the famous Batman and Robin there to investigate, then returned to Metropolis to continue his search for an agent of the gang. Then Batman inserted a personal ad in the Shanghai papers, intimating he had important information for the diamond smugglers. And that evening, he received a phone call from a mysterious man who, identifying himself merely by the initials K-I-L, said... Outside your hotel, you will see a rickshaw with a single yellow rose on the seat. Sit in it and say nothing. The rickshaw man will bring you to me. Fully realizing they may be stepping into a trap, Batman and Robin in their guises of Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson nevertheless got into the rickshaw with the yellow rose. And as we join them now, the rickshaw man, a tall, barefooted Chinese, is pulling them swiftly through a dark, almost deserted street near the water. What's the matter, Dick? The pensive. Worried? Well, no, not exactly, Bruce. I was just thinking we're pretty greedy. Greedy? What do you mean? Well, we're hogging the whole show. Why not stop and pick up a few husky Shanghai cops? They could have some fun, too, and might help us come out of this adventure with our skins whole. Are you kidding? If we picked up even one cop, Mr. Rickshaw Man would undoubtedly take a powder and we'd never hear from Mr. K.I.L. Kid again. Catch? Oh. Well, why couldn't we stop to buy a package of gum or something? And meanwhile, put in a phone call to the police to get on our trail. We don't dare do that for the same reason we didn't dare do it in the hotel. We're being watched. Well, how do you know? When K.I.L. called up this evening, he knew you were with me. Oh, that's right. I forgot. So chances are he was sizing us up all day before he decided it was safe to phone. I get it. And besides, take a quick look behind you. I'm looking. Uh, what do you see? Too dark to see much. Wait, there's a rickshaw back there. Right. Two big, ugly-looking customers in it. Yes, aren't they? Well, it may interest you to know that they've been trailing us ever since we left the hotel. And I'm inclined to think they're covering our rear for Mr. K.I.L. Uh-oh. Either that or... Or what? Well, K.I.L. just might have discovered we aren't the underworld characters we're pretending to be. And barefoot boy, this rickshaw lad, just might be heading us for an ambush party in some nice dark spot. Well, how interesting. Hey, hey, we're stopping. Heads up. I'm ready, Bruce. The other rickshaw stopped, too. Here comes barefoot boy. What gives, bud? You rickshaw, follow me, please. Follow you? Where? Master with Sampan. Sam who? He's pointing to that big sampan. Chinese for a sort of household. See, it's tied up in the river below. Oh, looks mighty dark and lonesome down there. Maybe we can persuade Mr. K.I.L. to put up a big neon sign. You know, dangerous radioactive diamonds smuggled here. Ha, very funny. All right, come on, let's go. Now, those characters in the other rickshaw are getting out too, Bruce. Well, if we're going to have a party, the more the merrier. But be ready to jump fast. Oh, you know me, Grasshopper Grayson. You come lead on, barefoot boy. Every sense alert, Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson follow their barefooted Chinese guide down a steep bank to the wide, blackish river. Clouds hide the moon and dim the stars. But scattered over the inky water are pinpoints of light like glowworms faintly outlining the bulky shadows of various river crafts. The narrow bank leads from the muddy shore to the large, darkened houseboat. And Bruce and Dick follow the rickshaw man up the plank to the narrow deck which circles the covered boat. 
Several men, their eyes gleaming in the darkness, glance impassively at the two Americans as they follow their guide to a door where he knocks. And then steps aside to let them enter a large cabin, luxuriously appointed in silks and jade in the Oriental manner. But the man who rises to greet his visitors is not an Oriental. He is a white man in a white linen suit. Well set up, a bit on the beefy side. His face is round and pink with small features like a baby's. His eyes, however, have a washed-out blue and strangely almost without lashes. Are hard and cold as chilled steel. Good evening, gentlemen. My name is Roger Kilburn. I'm Bruce Wayne, and this is my friend Dick Grayson. I know that. Now, uh, what is the information you have for me, Mr. Wayne? Well, first off, Mr. Kilburn, you might be interested to know that the Count is dead. How? Dead? Yes, he was shot. Right after the Metropolis police discovered the diamonds he was peddling were radioactive. The police know that? Yes. The lead coating you put on the diamonds cracked, and the rays put half a dozen people in the hospital. They affected the Count, too, and he was on his way to the hospital when a red-headed man, a cockney, shot him and got away with the diamonds. Well, this is bad news. Very bad news. Well, that's why Dick and I came out here as fast as we could, Mr. Kilfern. We wanted to tell you what was going on. In case you didn't know, that is. Why, no, no, I didn't. You see, the Count told us you had a whole slew of those diamonds, and we wanted to warn you to go slow on smuggling them into the United States right now. That's at least till the heat is off. I see. So, uh, the Count told you I had a lot of diamonds. Yes. Yes, the, uh... He did a lot of business with Dick and me. Well, yeah, we were great pals. Well, it was certainly fine of you fellows to come all the way out here to tell me this. Well, we weren't doing it just as a favor, Mr. Kilfern. You mean you want me to pay you? No, I mean we want a pinch hit for the Count. How's that? The Count said you were going to distribute the rest of the diamonds in smaller sizes. Now, we want to handle the deal for you, Mr. Kilfern, after the heat dies out a little, of course. Oh, you do, eh? Yes. I'm confident we can get them into the United States, all right, and we've we've got just as good connections with the fences there as the Count has. That's right. Maybe even better. Uh, aren't you boys uh, worried about the radioactivity of the stone? Well, well, we figure that you can put that lead coating on so it sticks this time, Mr. Kilfern, and it oughtn't to be so dangerous, anyhow, on small stones. That's right. Uh-huh. Well, I do need somebody to take the Count's place, and you boys seem to be very clever. Then we're in. Well, I, uh, I just, uh, you come in, excuse me. Not fast. Uh, what is it, thing? Phew, what a giant. Boy, Lee, bring this mustard. Oh, oh, uh, let's have it. Well, looks as if we put it over, huh, Bruce? Could be, Dick, but this kill fern here is a smooth customer, so I'm not placing any bets. Well, I rather thought so. Huh? I thought, Mr. Kill uh, Wayne, I have a surprise for you. And for you, young man. A surprise? Huh? It's a big surprise. But I don't think you're going to like it. What does Kilfern mean? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. In his luxurious cabin on his houseboat, Roger Kilfern stands beside the giant Chinese called Singh, as he says to Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson. I have a big surprise for you, Wayne. And for you, young man. But you're not going to like it. What do you mean, Mr. Kilfern? This note which Singh just brought to me is a transcript of a shortwave radio message from my agent in the United States. Oh? What about it? It's an answer to an inquiry which I made this morning, Mr. Wayne, when your personal notice addressed to K.I.L. appeared in the Shanghai papers. My agent reports that you, Mr. Wayne, are a millionaire and a friend of the Metropolis Police. And that you and Grayson came here as spies 
for Frankly! The lid's off. Come on, Bruce. Hold it, Dick. I got guns. <laughs> Excellent advice, Mr. Wayne. Sing and I not only have guns, as you see, but also six of my men, all armed and alerted, are posted in the corridor outside this cabin. Oh, brother. Easy, boy. <laughs> you two were very clever, but not quite clever enough. So there is one task which you must perform for me. Then you will die. <laughs> Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, who are really Batman and Robin, face the revolvers in the hands of Roger Kilburn and his giant Chinese servant, and see no chance to save themselves. There's a thrill a minute in tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls, so be sure to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 13 of The Secret of Meteor Island on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman adventure serials soon to be shown at your local movie theater. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman is unaware that in the cabin of a houseboat on a river near Shanghai, China, his friends Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, who are really Batman and Robin, Face the guns of Roger Kilfern and a giant Chinese. Easy with those guns, Kilfern. They might go off. They might indeed, Mr. Wayne. Particularly since I'm aware now that you and your young companion are spies. For what? Yes. You're working with the United States Police. Well, what are you going to do about it? I have first a small task for you to perform, Mr. Wayne. After that, well, I'm... Certain I need tell you no more. Gang, the swimming season is right around the corner. Soon the old swimming holes, the lakes, and the ocean beaches will have new fish added to them. Human fish who dive and duck in the water as if they had fins instead of mere arms and legs. Well, as you know, swimming is good for you, and it's fun, too. Also, it's not dangerous if you use your head. But too many accidents happen every summer. Accidents that don't have to happen. So here are some tips on how to take care of yourself in the water. Some swimming know-how suggested by Soichi Sakamoto, a young Japanese-American who is considered one of the greatest swimming coaches in the world. Tip number one. When you get in trouble, keep calm. A panicky swimmer gets stiff and heavy, and that means he becomes sinkable. What's more, it's well to remember that the average good swimmer can keep afloat longer than he can keep walking on dry land without stopping to rest, that is. 
and the inexperienced swimmer can usually float around until help arrives. For instance, if your boat capsizes way out in the middle of the lake, don't get excited and try to swim all the way to shore. Keep cool and hang on to the boat until rescuers come. So just keep your head and you'll be okay. Plain common sense is your best lifesaver. Tip number two. If you ever get caught in a strong current or undertow, don't fight it. Keep in mind that it won't and can't drag you to the bottom. Let yourself go and permit the current to pull you until it's spent. Then strike out diagonally toward shore. Gang, later in this program, we'll give you some more vital pointers from Suichi Sakamoto, ace swimming coach. So be sure to listen. And now, the adventures of Superman. While Superman searched Metropolis for the agent of a gang that has been smuggling deadly radioactive diamonds into the country, Batman and Robin took up the search for the source of the amazing diamonds in Shanghai, China. There, posing as members of the underworld, they contacted a man named Roger Kilfern, who appeared to be a leader of the gang. And then they stepped into trouble. For during a rendezvous with Kilfern on his houseboat, the fat smuggler received a radio message from an agent in the United States who revealed that Bruce and Dick were working with the police. Drawing a gun, Kilfern said, You were clever, Mr. Wayne, but not clever enough. Now, I'm going to finish you and Grayson. Meanwhile, thousands of miles away in Metropolis, Superman, disguised as reporter Clark Kent, was in conference with Police Inspector Henderson. Hello, Inspector. Dropped in to see if you'd received any word from the Shanghai Police. No, not yet, Kent. Not a word. No, I haven't heard from Batman and Robin either. What about our Limehouse friend? Who's that? You know, the fellow who shot the Count before he could talk and got away with the diamonds? The red-headed Cockney. Oh, him. Yes, I think he knows where the stones are coming from. Sure, I think so, too. But so far, we haven't been able to pick him up. Uh-oh. We've got to find him, Inspector, yeah. and find him fast. Because, as you know, before the Count died, he said that a great many more radioactive diamonds would be smuggled into the United I States. I know, I know. And unless we prevent that, the whole country will be in danger. Don't you think I know that, Kent? I've got every man in the department looking for that Cockney. Well, then... And I haven't had a week of sleep in two days. Neither have I, but I still... Well, he couldn't have slipped out of Metropolis. We've been watching every road, every bridge, every ferry boat, every train, and every bus. So he must be holed up somewhere in the city. If you're right about that, Inspector, I'll find him. You will? Yes. I've gone over the city in the last few hours, but I've only searched the most likely places where crooks might be expected to hide out. Now I'll give it the full treatment. Say, what are you talking about, Kent? Maybe I'll tell you about it sometime, Inspector. But not now. I'll see you later. Out of these clothes. <laughs> Searching every room, every building, every stick and stone in Metropolis for that cockney. is a job for Superman. And as tough a job as any I've ever tackled. <laughs> but it's got to be done. There we are. All set. Now, up, up, away! Leaping high into the sky, Superman streaks away in his Herculean task of searching every inch of the giant city for the red-headed Cockney, unaware that his friends Batman and Robin hold the key to the secret he seeks and are in dire peril of their lives. For at this moment, thousands of miles across the world, the dynamic duo and their guises of Bruce Wayne and young Dick Grayson stand in the luxurious cabin of Roger Kilfern's houseboat, held at bay by the guns of Kilfern and his giant Chinese henchmen. Watch them closely, Zing. If they make one move, shoot to kill. Yes, master. If you and your big boy drop your guns, Mr. Kilfern, we can have it out man to man. Two against two. How about it? <laughs> You're very amusing, Grayson. I'll show you how amusing I can be if you'll put your hardware away. Cut it, Dick. Now, look, Kilfern, you said you had a little job for us to do. Does that mean you want to make a deal? Call it what you like, Mr. Wayne. Do what I want, 
And I'll promise you a quick, painless death. How generous of you. But if you refuse, you'll die slowly. <laughs> and painfully. I do like this guy, Bruce. Listen, you... Be quiet, Dick. What do you want us to do, Kilfern? I want you to write a letter to the chief of police in Metropolis. Telling him that the clue which brought you to Shanghai turned out to be worthless. Why? I get it. You want to arrange things so that they rule out Shanghai as the source of the radioactive diamond. Is that it? Well, not exactly. You see, Mr. Wayne, Shanghai is not the source of the diamond. It is the shipping point. But your reasoning is close enough. Where do the diamonds come from? From an island. An island? What island? That can't possibly make any difference to you. By the same token, it can't hurt to tell me now, either, can it? Ah, we're wasting time, Wayne. I want to send your letter to the Metropolis Police tonight by airmail. You will say in your own handwriting that the Shanghai Q was a false lead and that you and Grayson are returning to the United States at once. Do you really think we do that? That won't save your neck, Kilfern. When we don't show up in Metropolis, our friends will swarm down here and turn Shanghai inside out. They'll find the truth and you. And your curse will be cooked. Not at all. Shanghai is well known for its many unsavory characters. It'll be quite simple to make it appear that you were killed by thieves. Now, if you will just write that letter. Bruce, you're not... Wait, Dick. You find pen, ink, and paper on the desk, Mr. Wayne. Right over here. Tell them where to get off, Bruce. Go on. I'm waiting, Mr. Wayne. Believe me, you would be much better off to do as I say. Go on, I wouldn't believe you on a stack of Bibles. Dick, I think I'd better write that letter. What? Oh, you're kidding, Bruce. No, Mr. Wayne is much wiser than you are, Grayson. Come, Wayne, the mail plane leaves in an hour. Don't do it, Bruce. Please don't. I've got to, Dick. Stand by for action. Oh, okay. No, now. Remember, Singh and I have you covered. Relax. I know when I'm licked. Where's the pen and ink? Right here. There's paper on the desk. Okay. Now, you want me to address the letter to the Metropolis Chief of Police, right? Right. Tell him that... I know what to tell him. I'll just move this thing, if you don't mind, at the same time. Oh, Let's no, go, Dick. Don't Yeah, me. man, the old plan tactic. Shoot them down. I... Kill for him, Dick. I've got to be Well, that takes care of them. Uh-huh. Nice work, Dick. <laughs> Thanks, Pappy. Well, what now? Well, let's get... Oh, here comes more of Kilfern's gang. Douse the light, Dick. Right. It's down. Up and at him, Dick. All right, buddy. Now have a sleeping pill. Yeah, dinner's going, buddy. Dick, what's the knife? Right. Fighting like wildcats, Batman and Robin wade into the ferocious pack of Kilfern's men who flash knives and pistols in the darkness. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Knocking out Roger Kilfern and Singh, his giant Chinese. Batman and Robin switched off the light in the houseboat cabin as a half dozen of the smugglers' oriental henchmen swarm into the cabin, flashing knives and guns. Oh, how are we doing, Bruce? Just now. What's that gun, Dick? I'll take this, baby. I'll take this, too, like this. Hey, I've run out of sparring partners, Bruce. Oh, bye. Wait a minute, I'll switch on the light. Oh, well, bless my soul, Colonel. <laughs> Look at all them darling little cutthroats sleeping so peaceful-like on the floor. Cute, aren't they? Now, what the... What's the matter? Dick, where's Kilfer? Why, he... I don't see him. Come on, we've got to find him. Out on the deck. Hey, we drifted out into the river. Uh-huh, but I still don't see Kilfer. No, he must have come out during our scrap with those other rats and... Hey, Dick, Dick, look out there. Where? Over there. That man's swimming. He's almost ashore. See him? Yeah. Hey, that's Kilfer. Right. You can't let him get away. Fifth down of your costume, Robin. We're going after him. Right. We've got to get him because he knows where those radioactive diamonds come from. Yeah. 
I'm all set. How about you? All set, Batman. Let's go, then. Dive in and swim like mad. Look out, fish. Here I come. Diving from the houseboat, Batman and Robin swim furiously toward the dark shore in pursuit of the fat smuggler of the deadly radioactive diamond. Batman and Robin have escaped death, but will Kilfern now escape with the secret that threatens to endanger the entire United States? And what will come of Superman's relentless search for Kilfern's agent in Metropolis? There's rapid-fire action, suspense, and surprises in tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls. So be sure to listen. Tune in, same time, same station, for Chapter 14 of The Secret of Meteor Island on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure serials, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, men and Robin wish fervently but vainly for the presence of Superman. As, in imminent peril of their lives, they dangle from the pontoon of a speeding amphibian plane high above the Pacific Ocean. Hang on tight, Robin. I am, but, but this wind is pretty strong. Uh-oh. What's the matter, Batman? Feels like the pilot's trying to shake us off. And if he does, we're a pair of dead pigeons. Gang, do you know that if you live to be 70 or over, chances are you'll spend at least 20 of those years asleep? Do you know that seven out of those 70 years will be spent walking and playing in sports? That five months of your life will be taken up in tying shoelaces and seven years going to the movies or theater? What's more, one whole year will be spent gabbing on the telephone. And furthermore, if you live to be 70, you'll probably spend two and a half of those years eating and another two and a half chewing gum. And just for the record, you'll be kept waiting for three years and spend four hours a year wiping your nose. Well, now, how do you like that? Pretty strange, isn't it, to see our everyday doings boil down to cold mathematics? But one thing is good about cold mathematics. It helps us to see things clearly. After all, if you spend 20 years sleeping, just to give an example, you'll want to make sure you get the most out of the rest of the time when you're awake. And one way to make that part of your life the best possible is to have good friends. Too many of us take our friends for granted or just don't bother taking the time to make friends. Yet anyone who has ever had a real good pal can vouch for the fact that there's no one better than a fellow or girl who sticks by you through seconds in. The people who are lucky enough to have such friends are also smart enough to know that friendship can't be based on such unimportant things as the amount of money a fellow has, or the kind of house he lives in, or the church or synagogue he goes to, or where his folks came from. They don't bother wrinkling their brains over such trifles. Instead, 
They make and keep good friends. How about all of us doing the same and having the time of our lives? And now, the adventures of Superman. Deadly radioactive diamonds which are being smuggled into the United States and endangering the entire nation are the objects of a desperate hunt by Superman, the famous Batman and Robin, and the police. While Superman searches every inch of Metropolis for an agent of the smuggling gang, Batman and Robin followed a clue to Shanghai, China, where they caught up with a leader of the gang named Roger Kilfern, whose headquarters were in a houseboat on a river. In the furious fight which followed, Kilfern escaped and had almost reached the shore when Batman and Robin sighted him and dove into the river after him. Swimming the river, the dynamic duo scrambled up a steep bank in the darkness. Now on a narrow road, flanked by the black river on one side and the woods on the other, they see the bulky white guard Kilfern far ahead, escaping in a swiftly drawn rickshaw. Look, Robin, there goes Kilfern in that rickshaw. I see him, Batman. Come on, after him. All right. Can you see how many guys are pulling his cart? Just one. They got a good start. We'll get them. Well, listen. Save your breath and run. Come on. Hey, I don't see Kilburn anymore. You will. As soon as we make the turn in the road, we're gaining on him. Now, wait a minute. Hold up, Robin. What? What's the matter? What are we stopping for? Kilburn isn't on the road. Well, then he must be up ahead someplace. Look, you take the river side of the road. I'll take the wood side. Keep moving ahead. And keep your eyes peeled for the rickshaw. Now, let's go. <laughs> How you doing, Robin? Okay. But I could use a brighter moon, Batman. It's pretty dark. Well, you'll have to get along with the moon we have. I suppose so. So far, I can see nothing but a lot of black river and some lightning bugs. How about you? Yeah, same here. I hate to admit it, Tappy, but I think the fat gent gave us a slip. Yeah. Wait a minute. I see something. Slow down. Uh, what do you see? Where? Over there. The edge of the woods. Come on. Follow me. Here we are. Look, Robin. A rickshaw. Yeah. An empty one. Joe Fern and his rickshaw boy ditched it here and... And took to the woods. Oh, brother. Oh, we'll really have a sweet time finding him. Yeah, yeah, I'm afraid so. Wait a minute, Robin. Robin, there's a trail here. There is? Yeah. See? It goes through the woods. Hey, what's that? Sounds like a plane engine. A plane engine? Yeah. Straight ahead and up this trail. But, but a plane in the woods? How can that be? I don't know, but we're going to find out. <laughs> Step on it, Robin. Step on it yourself. I'm breathing down your neck. Great Lucifer. Look. Holy smokes. An airstrip out in the woods. Yeah. And that's Kilburn climbing into a plane. Come on, boy. we got to stop him before he gets away. I'm afraid we're too late. Maybe not. But the plane is starting to take off. How are we going to... The pontoon. Latch onto it. What? Yeah, we've got to. We can't lose Kilburn. But they're taking off. We can't make it. Quick. Jump and grab the pontoon. Okay, Tappy. Here I go. through the air. Men and Robin seize the steel support of the amphibian's pontoon and are borne aloft, dangling from their precarious position. As they cling for life, the plane zooms out over Shanghai Harbor, still climbing, then straightens out and heads out over the dark, endless sea far below. As the wind rips at them, striving to tear them from their dangerous perch, Batman and Robin each slip a over the pontoon, then, straining desperately against the rushing wind, pull themselves to a sitting position, and there lash themselves with their ropes. But then... 
Adelaide. What's the matter, Batman? Feels like the pilot is trying to shake us off. Christopher Columbus, we're dead things. Don't be too sure. You may not be able to because we're lashed on. Oh, boy. Hands open. Well, so far, so good. Ah, you stopped trying, Batman. Well, that's a relief. Say, where do you suppose Kilburn and company are headed for? For the island he spoke of, I hope. You mean the one where he said the radioactive diamonds come from? Ah, uh, Kilburn knows he can't use Shanghai as a shipping point anymore. Now we're on for him, so he comes. What the... Hang on, Robin. I... I am. What gives? I think... I think we hit an air pocket. The weather's getting rougher, too. We better save our breath and just hang on. Yeah. This... This is getting pretty rugged. and rushing surf far below, tumbling wildly head over heels as they fall. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Landing in the sea near an unknown island, Batman and Robin fought their way through a fierce surf. And now, as the first faint rays of the rising sun cast a thin light from the horizon, they wade out of the surf and up a pebbly beach. Above them, through thin, stunted trees and brush, they can make out three long, low houses like squat barracks, which are seemingly made of stone but which gleam with a strange iridescent glow. Before them on a cleared strip of land rests Roger Kilburn's plane. And as Batman and Robin leave the beach and move cautiously through the sparse brush toward the strange buildings, three men step out from one of them. In the faint light, they appear oddly dressed and grotesquely hooded. Get back, Robin. Don't let them see us. Okay, Batman. Hey, what are those three guys wearing? It looks like deep-sea diver suits. What's the idea? Search me and let's... Unless what? I just thought of something, Robin. This is the island where the radioactive diamonds come from. It must be. Then those fellas may be wearing those garments to protect themselves from radioactivity. Uh Uh-oh. You mean... You mean... I mean, if the diamonds are found here, this whole island may be radioactive. And we're being exposed to the rays. Maybe... The men are starting down this way. Come on, Robin. Back to the beach. We'll swim around the island and... Robin! What are you sitting down for? What's the matter with you? I don't know, Batman. I I feel awfully weak. Here, I'll give you a hand. I'm starting to feel weak, too. I can't stand up. Batman, there's an orange circle coming out on your forehead. What? Yes. Just like like I'm a people in Metropolis. 
trade loose. There's one coming out of your floor, too, Robin. It's the radioactivity. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah it's got us. Robin, I'm... I'm afraid we're... We're done for. Unable to move as the deadly radioactive rays steal the strength from their bodies, Batman and Robin can only wait helplessly for the approach of the three grotesquely garbed men. Don't miss tomorrow's thrill-packed episode, fellows and girls. Tune in, same time, same station, for chapter 15 of The Sacred of Meteor Island on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure serials soon to be shown at your local movie theater. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!